all authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with author and visionary entrepreneur Andrea Putting, and I chat to Andrea from manuscript to bestseller, the transformative power of professional guidance. What kind of professional guidance can be offered to transform a manuscript to a bestseller? At what stage of the manuscript should professional guidance be undertaken? Andrea's advice to authors on finding trusted sources of professional guidance, her work, services, and much more. So in my author adventure this week, I received some pretty heartwarming reviews of author fears and how to overcome them. Now, this was received from judges from the Writer's Digest competition, self-published awards I entered in February of this year, and it was awarded in October. I didn't win. (laughs) I wish you would have heard about it already, but it was really nice to receive some reviews from one of the judges. They kind of just assign a judge that is in that category. You're not aware of who that person is, but their background is obviously either author, agent, publisher, or some industry professional. So what they had to say about my book, which is Author Fears and How to Overcome Them, if you're not aware of it, it is a non-fiction, self-improvement, mindset, internal, external fears kind of book. And it's the kind of book that I feel you could sit down and read it like you would read a book from start to finish. Or, you know, it's categorized, the way it is categorized is for specific fears relating to specific topics. If that's what you're dealing with or or whatnot, then you can go to that specific category and read about it then rather than going through the whole thing. It's kind of like a flip to book is, is how I would describe it. My other book I feel is the same. It's like quick tips. So you would just go and find quick tips in whichever category or part that you want to learn about, unless you want to learn it all, of course. <laughs> yeah, some the review, some of the review was on structure, organization and pacing. And it said this book is exemplary and it's structure, organization and pacing. The structure of the chapters or the the various parts aid in compelling organization of the story or information. The pacing is even throughout and matches the tone and genre of the book. And the review said of plot, story or topic appeal, it's a smart choice to craft a guidebook with brief fears and tips on how to overcome them. The writing audience surely finds a need for a book on this topic. An author does a great job of approaching the problems from different vantage points. Author often shares her own experiences and bravely uses her own insecurities as teaching examples. Man, I'm riddled with insecurities, I'm telling you. <laughs> that book is an open page book of my insecurities. It absolutely is. So, And I I find with my non-fiction style, I can only share from lived experience. That's why these books came about. They were never chosen. I was never striving to write non-fiction. It's from the writing and author career that I've, you know, I go after and these things have arisen and these books have just come out. So uh, the review for voice and writing style. This book is exemplary in its voice and writing style 
still, it has a unique voice and the writing style is consistent throughout. The style and tone are also consistent with or will appeal to readers of the intended genre. And then lastly of the review, in a few exemplary sentences, please share with the entrant one to three things that you enjoyed or that you think readers will find compelling about this book and why. It says the topics are stellar. A writer could get the start of a good insight by just looking at the list of fears and how the author has grouped them. Author puts great time into coming up with these entries and there is a wealth of good advice with many of them. It's a fresh positive take on encouraging the writer. So overall the review was good. Of course not all reviews are perfect so there were some other comments about you know the reader being so captivated by the topic that they wanted a longer expansion into the problem and then more action steps on occasion to help them through the fear so that was some feedback that i'll take on board going ahead i mean it's it, the style of the book it is just short it's short non-fiction that's what i call it it's short and snappy and sweet it's not a big long deep dive into these things and maybe that's what this person would like but you know that's definitely good to take constructive feedback as well so i was really pleased to, to receive all that if you've never heard of Writer's Digest, it's an American magazine, I think it started out, but it's also a really good resource for writers. They do a lot of competitions and they have a lot of knowledge and it's definitely well worth checking out their site and just getting involved how you can. I think there's actually a writer, yeah, well it is, there's a magazine. I see it here in Australia as well. You know, you could often maybe even publish some articles in that. On another note, bookish note, I'm, you know, we're not shy one week off Christmas, which is a bit scary. And I had an experience the other day that I wanted to share. So my daughter is really into the Big Bang Theory, which is the, you know, American sitcom television show. And so this year I went on to places like Etsy and Amazon to check for memorabilia of that sort of topic, that show, and get her some gifts in line with that. So I've ordered a book from Amazon that was a cookbook and if you think cookbook most cookbooks are fairly big they are full of pictures usually color of that sort of making so i'll just say this book that i ordered and i was choosing between a couple which is what annoys me the most the cover it was very professional and it was really draws you in it was very good looking bright picture of the food on there good blurb that sort of thing now when it came i pulled out the packet and i could tell straight away it was a self-published book now this is the hybrid author podcast we don't shun self-published no one should but when it's a bad self-published book it, and you've paid quite a bit for it it wasn't a cheap book by any means you know cookbooks do come with a bit of a price tag on them because they're probably quite hard to produce with the size of them the thickness of them the quality of them so this book was you know as i said the cover design was about is where it stopped for it completely and i was so it was tiny it was very small as well when i started flipping through the inside matter was pretty much really poor quality it was faded the pictures were faded black and white and it was so disappointing i was so disappointed by this book to the point where i actually went on amazon and rated it rated a review now this book had 47 reviews and some were okay most of them were not and if i had gone on to read the reviews before buying it i would have seen someone had actually taken pictures so the same experience i had they were so disappointed when getting the book someone actually returned it i'm not going to that length i'm not going to get another book now it's christmas so next week you know so it was really disappointing it's, it's lessons learned i'm telling you now that i will always read reviews now for buying products it just shows you the power of a review it, it just made me think about my work as a whole and our work as self-published authors 
anyway. You should always, always, always be thinking of the value that you're adding someone by the quality of the work you're putting out, by the quality of the, the make of the product. Because if you don't and you are charging someone quite a lot, you are effectively, I think about how you're going to make them feel if they receive your product and, the, and just you've, you've sent disappointment pretty much. Disappointment is the word that I would describe this book. Now, I'm still going to give it to her. But I'm I'm quite embarrassed, actually. I'm quite embarrassed to give it to her. And I'll also... She's a kid. She might not care. She, that might not mean anything to her. I'll obviously explain the situation to her. But lesson learned, now the more than ever, make sure that your work is up to a standard and you're not ripping people off. Because that's how I feel. I feel like I've been ripped off by this product. And in return, I've gave the person a low review. And I wasn't the only one. Just be mindful. Be mindful. Read reviews. <laughs> Do good work. <laughs> The other thing that happened to me this week that I wanted to share was I read, saw an article online about an author who has won a prize for something and the tagline for the author's work absolutely floored me because after I finished, you know, after this women's fiction project is out and it's launched and it's released in that set, my next writing project that I'm undertaking next year is a traditional project. It's a young adult fiction book and I, there's an award that I would like to put it in for. Now, this book, the idea has been with me probably for about two years, two to three years. And I, I had some ideas about the character. Usually a title comes to me first with a lot of stuff. Don't know how it's going to end, uh, little bits and snippets and things. And so I wrote them down and I wrote probably a chapter or two and I left it at that. That wasn't the time for this book. But reading this author's tagline, it was my book. I was like, oh my gosh, oh no. And it actually so happens that this author is with the publishing house that runs the award that I'm considering putting the work in for and so in my mind like the thoughts that I was having was oh well you know there's this book now I wonder if they'll publish with that publishing house and if they do will that book go against mine now they won't want my book because it's too similar to this author's book which can be a thing or yeah I just I honestly I haven't ever ever felt that way before about comparing myself to others and even questioning whether I should write that book now just because someone else had written something that sounds exactly the same as the themes of my book. Now, that's just themes. That person's not going to write the same as me. They're not going to write the same story as me. And this is something I've preached before about if we all were given the same idea, not one of us is going to come up with the same story, the same plot, the same characters, the way we tell it. So I damn well should. <laughs> still go ahead and write this book. It's, it did come to me. The other thing that I thought about as well, if you haven't, if you've ever read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic, if you haven't, go and read it. And there's a part in it where she talks about, it's very whimsical, about ideas floating through the air and you just sort of catch them and they can go by you. But where do they go then? If Do they go to other people? Has this author caught my idea because it's gone on? I just... <laughs> That's what I was thinking and I thought, oh my gosh. But also just wanted to say, don't be disheartened if you hear of someone writing something like yours. They always talk about books, which books are similar to yours in the market. So this could actually spin it on its head and be a positive because this person is doing very well and they will, if they publish it, I don't think they'll, they'll go through that same publisher, but if they do, it will inevitably do re really well. So I can I can just say, you know, it's, it's very similar to this in the market and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's a positive. The other thing I also thought of, because I really thought maybe I shouldn't do that project, I thought, what would I 
tell my kids and I think this is a good a good sort of trick you can say to yourself if you're having these thoughts or doubts about something any issues or whatever just think what would I tell my kids now if I was feeling like oh my goodness this person's worked out they are what if it's either better than mine or no one's going to want it because it's already there and I'm not going to do it what would I tell my kids I would tell my kids that they would not be telling the same story as that person there's you know it could be a positive thing it would be why do we I guess why do I or we if you do it too internalize stuff so either negatively or differently or fearful and not too positively but then the the way that we would output to another is would be of a positive nature so even just asking that question what would I say to my kids? I'm able to realise, well, hang on, if I'm telling them that, why am I not telling myself? Yeah, good trick. Definitely use it. <laughs> so this episode is sponsored by Plotter. P-L-O-T-T-R. If you've never heard of Plotter, they are an outlining software tool for writers and authors to outline faster, organize smarter and turbocharge your productivity with the visual book planning and story bible software. Now I've been using Plotter for my women's fiction and I'm still continually consulting it daily and updating characters and world building as I go for certain details and things like that. They have had a new feature that they've added. It's a major model update. They've now got dark mode so you can toggle on and off in dark mode while you're working on the go and it's obviously black dark mode the colors are vibrant you know you can see the text clearer it's just just a really cool way and that can all help with creativity as well uh they've got a full screen text editor this is how typing in plotter mobile was meant to be bolstered by a new formatting bar infinite items through plotter, plotter pro they've added a limited number of scene cards and characters and places and notes things they've improved it's you know this this mode's improved easier way of moving scene cards scrolling the timeline is much smoother and more responsive larger buttons to add new chapters and new plot lines and they have updated obviously android instabilities and crashes and performance rendering and any other small bugs as technology always is continuously improved so yeah they have the They've also got a Dropbox integration for Plotter Mobile. So they're continuously working hard behind the scenes to give authors a better user experience. It's such a great tool, honestly, and I'm going to be using it going forward for all my books. Uh, Even this one that I was just talking about, the young adult fiction, I will be doing another template for that. So if you haven't ever heard of it, it's www.plotter.com. Go over and get your free trial now. Andrea Putting is a visionary entrepreneur and the founder of Chocolate and Coffee Day for Religious Harmony. Her best-selling and award-winning books, Compassionate Prosperity and Compassionate Purpose, weave together the threads of social mission with the quest for deeper meaning in our lives. As a speaker and podcast host, Andrea advocates for unity and the potent impact of storytelling. She's the founder of Putting Words, a self-publishing house where she empowers emerging authors to carve out their own paths to bestseller status. Living in Melbourne, Australia, Andrea cherishes the company of her family, the delight of chocolate and the spark of engaging conversations. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Andrea. Thank you, Jo. I'm happy to be here. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. What an absolutely 
award-winning bio would say you've, you've clearly done so much and got many passions which is great but can you tell us how you came to get your start in the publishing and writing game oh so it's interesting because when I looked back recently at my high school English reports I was definitely not a writer and I really missed out on that bit and they said my essays were terrible so that's a really interesting start <laughs> But years later, way back last century in the dinosaur era of the internet, when I started a business, I, online, I started writing articles because in those days, it's really easy to get people onto your newsletter. So mm -hmm. I started writing a lot of articles and I discovered that I could actually write and I could write articles that were touching people. They would send me back messages saying how much what I'd written had meant to them. Oh, wow. So I kind of got the idea that hey, maybe I can write. So when time time went by and I sold that business, went to work with someone else, blah, 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 blah. But when I was reinventing myself, writing just became natural as, as part of that. And I was speaking and doing a lot of that as well. So that the two of them just kind of come together as, as an important thing. And when I started to work with somebody else, I okay, let's write a book about this topic that we're talking about. And so we did that. That was a joint project. And that book was published in India. And I had no control over how that looked or what was going on with that. So when I came to further down the line, and I started doing my podcast, Social Mission Revolution, and then I wanted to write about that. I was just so inspired about this idea of we, there is something greater in the world that we can all do. There is something for each of us to make a difference. I wanted to write the book about that. And when I went to write the book, I realized that I had two separate books, one for business, one for individuals. And I also had written another book at the same time. Well, I had, yeah, I'd written it pretty much at the same time. So I needed to then, I was confronted with, well, how do I publish three books at the same time? I can't afford to do that. <laughs> Who can? So I decided to, instead of investing in having the books published, I would invest in learning from the experts on how to publish, how to sub-publish and how to do it right. So I went down that journey and learned step-by-step the procedure for publishing. So once I had published my books, the next thing was people were asking me to help them publish their books. And suddenly I find myself with a publishing business. Wow, that's an incredible adventure. Well, it certainly has been an adventure, I can yeah. tell you. It's just, it's an unexpected adventure. I certainly didn't expect to become a publisher. I guess I didn't expect to be an author some years back, but here I am. Yeah, well, it's amazing. It sounds like you're guided by obvious clear inspiration and passion for what you do, uh, but you've also connected with others who you know, respect what you say and what you put out and follow you and therefore want your help as well. So that's great that you've been able to offer that. Well, today's topic is from manuscript to bestseller, the transformative power of professional guidance. So we're very excited to hear from you about this. But first up, what are some of the kinds of professional guidance, uh, you know, that can be offered to transform a manuscript to a bestseller? Yes, there's lots of <laughs> lots of things that people don't think about in publishing or self-publishing when they decide to write a book. And so they've gone through all that, they've written their book, and it's like, well, what do I do with it now? 
So the guidance that is available is that whole process. So to start with, putting your book together isn't just having a Word document and then going, okay, well, I'll just stick that onto an Amazon thing and that'll create a book. No, Mm -hmm. it needs to have really thinking about how that's going to go together so that the book looks good. It reflects your message and is easy for people to read. So you open the book and they just, they're not overwhelmed with just line after line of paper of writing. It needs to be spread out and, and formatted in a way that people look at it and want to read it. And of course, and there's the book covers and finding a lot. I've had people say that they've just designed something on Canva or got someone with Fiverr, well, that's good if it works out for you. But then when you actually get it in to upload it to where it needs to go, sometimes it just doesn't work. So there's lots of things along those lines. But there's also that important thing of what are you going to do with when your book gets formatted, you've got a cover, what now? It's where do you put it? Well, yeah, you want it on Amazon, but there's also other avenues to get your book on so that it reaches a wider audience. So I love to help people, they get their book into pretty much every online bookseller that's out there and to find their book suddenly in a country like Finland is just an amazing thing. You Google your own book and you find it in all these interesting countries. So it's that kind of thing of where do you where do you go to put it? Where does that belong so that it's there and ready to go? And of course there's that Amazon bestseller that everyone wants to conquer. So getting that advice on how to find those categories, finding those right categories that will get you into that and using the right keywords. The thing that professional guidance when it comes to Amazon, why it's so important is that Amazon keep changing what they do. So what they what they were doing six months ago is not what they're doing now. So you have to keep up with the changes and you could Google it and end up reading something that's completely wrong and confusing. And of course, getting it up there is only one step. You've also got to have that big launch that helps you to get to number one. It's not just, well, I'll just put it on there and it'll automatically become number one. You have to work at that and understanding all that process of how how to get that, what you need to do, how many books you need to sell, all those kind of things. If you've got someone there guiding you through it, it's a whole lot easier and a whole lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it sounds it sounds like there's a, obviously a lot to it. So somebody should incorporate professional guidance once they've conquered their story, once they have their story written and they're effectively wanting to turn it into a book, that's when they should look at maybe gaining the advice of professionals. Now, this really depends. So do you really have, has someone written their book by themselves? Some people need it right from the start. Some people need a book coach to guide them through. Even though I had already written a book when I wrote these books, I, I actually did engage a coach more on an editorial, on an editorial basis, but she also helped me to just to develop what I was saying and to make sure that the content that I had flowed. So for me, that was really important. It's really important to have your book edited. So even if if you've written your book, get it edited. Don't let it go without editing. So there's editing and proofreading to be done. They need to be done on a professional level. So that's when I would, if they haven't wanted to engage a book coach, I would be going, get your editor. Yeah, I can see the um, the value in a book coach. We've, we've had a lady on, I forget, it was probably last year, who 
I think she was a writing coach was was her thing and I hadn't I hadn't really ever heard of it before I guess I've always kind of tackled my work just start to to finish and things like that but I've had many works over the years and some published, some not. Each one has taught me something different, whether it was the first one, which was actually the discipline to sit down and know that I could finish a longer work and and be dedicated to perfecting this thing, uh, which was over the course of well, probably a year, a couple of years. Even that was was a learning curve for me, for someone who wasn't disciplined. But I suppose even just considering having a, a book coach or something for those who haven't ever considered it and that's their first book then they don't necessarily have to spend probably that lo- length of time they would be working with somebody I don't know if, if so how long was it how long did you work with the book coach for to get your book out what was the time frame yeah well when I started working with it I had already pretty much written the book right and that's when she looked at it and said no you need to split this into two because ah. you've got two different target markets with this book so I think I worked with her for a couple of months for about eight weeks and we just went through chapter by chapter to make sure that it was fluid, Mm. that it just ran smoothly. So then when I did the second book, I didn't use her as a book coach. I had her edit my book. Right, yeah. So for you, yeah, like you said, it was more editorial, whereas some people, they need that check-in. I'm someone who's definitely works works out of accountability if, you know, someone's waiting on something. I, I will get it done. That will force me to get it done. And I think for a lot of, especially aspiring authors, for some people, just finding the time to stick to a project or some days the motivation to write can be quite hard. So that's where, you know, a book coach could could come in and then uh, and double the, uh, what do you call it? services, I guess, a book coach and then someone who's helping with the, the editorial stuff at the same time because or rather than separate them out. But I absolutely agree with always having your work professionally edited. I learned that not the hard way, but it was definitely a, a lesson I had myself. And I think that some people they feel they can see the value, I guess, in editing, but it's such it's it can be quite costly. So they think, oh, maybe try and cut corners, but out of all the product, I, I think that's the one that they need to think of. This is your your product for for life going on this is a small chunk it's an investment to make it the best it can be you don't scrimp on that (laughs) that's one of the main parts isn't it absolutely and I don't know about you but I've read a couple of books that haven't been edited and it's so hard to read them you just you get half halfway and you just go, I can't be bothered with this. Oh and that might sound like I'm I'm a grammar snob or something but I'm not Mm. however if it's You find stuff that's all over the place and you just go, oh, seriously, couldn't someone, (laughs) couldn't you have had someone look at this? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. Well, you know, can you share with us as well? Obviously, there is a lot of services out there and there is a lot of avenues authors can take to get help and advice and things like that. Can you advise authors on finding trusted sources for professional guidance, you know, to help them move forward? Because you hear about some, there's a lot of sharks in the industry, isn't there, especially um, in ways of hybrid publishing as well? Absolutely. There are some things that I would consider For me, one has to be their reputation. Who have they worked with? You can look for their their testimonials that that they have. I think that's really important to see what their clients are saying about them. That's always wonderful. I also, for me, one of the important things comes down to budget because some of the publishing out there cost so much, thousands and thousands of dollars. And I just go, who can afford to do that? Mm. So 
you've got to realize that there are some costs and people have to make a living on doing this. However, if it's feels like it's overinflated price and outside of your budget, then find someone else. However, be realistic about it, about what it's going to cost. And I think the other thing is really important is to talk to the person that you will be working with. I like my clients to, they only work with me. So they know that they're not working with, with a whole lot of different people. So everything is streamlined for them, know that I'm the go-to person and that and there's no here, there and everywhere where messages get lost. And that's that. That's where frustration comes in on any job, on mm. any position, anything that you do. If you've got a whole lot of people you've got to deal with, then something can and will go wrong usually. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. So do your research, obviously trust your gut. You know, I think I, I definitely write with my gut and I think you can get a feeling when you're you're engaging with somebody or, or something with them. They might be a bit shady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are the some of the services that you provide? Well, I go from the from the manuscript. So um once they've written their book and had it edited, I still like them to have it proofread after that because I've found that even after editing there is things that are missed and then if we don't get it proofread, then what happens is we have a lot more back and forwards in the formatting stage of the book. So I can offer proofreading services and then we go into formatting the book, making the book look and feel like the client's message and story. For example, one of my clients wrote a finance book and she came from the point of view that from her own experience that she had created this financial secure life for herself by the time she was 30 and was able to go and surf. So she wanted the surfing aspect to be to be brought up. So she had a surf her with a surfboard on the cover. And then we used images of surfing right through the book to highlight to people that if you follow this method, you, you too can, can <laughs> do your dream, which may be surfing. Mm-hmm. So there's things like that that we do that just to make it a piece of artwork inside and out. And so we get the graphic, get it, the cover designed with graphic designer and we go through the uploading of the books so that they're on, they're available internationally. They're available on Amazon and we get the books to best selling for them. And I provide them with support throughout so that when it does come to that day when we're going to launch the book on Amazon to get the bestseller, that we have the processes through that so that they're ready, they've got their team going, ready to buy their book and get it into that bestseller level that's so exciting for them to get there. Mm, so what what is your to add on to that what's your general advice to authors striving to write and hit the bestseller list obviously if they work with yourself that's a service you provide to get them there but does it and, it, and you've said it obviously in the beginning it's many things to do with the cover and all sorts of things but the work itself I guess I think the most important thing for for an author is truly to believe in themselves and their message and to know that what they're writing or written will change someone's life and that will make a difference and that will ripple out into the world. So what you have to say is important and it is worth sharing. Never let anyone tell you otherwise and just keep going until you get there. And getting it into be a bestseller is 
It sounds big and hard and daunting, but with the right advice, it's not that hard. Mm, No, I love that. That's really good advice there because as someone who has struggled with probably self-doubt and self-belief and self-worth for most of the the writing life that I've had so far, yeah, I'm only truly now at a point where it's quieting those voices, I suppose, for many things. But I I see the impact that having low self, not well, all those things has on your writing as well. You know, it, it can stop a person in their track from actually putting out their story so yeah or they get halfway through their book and that no one's going to read this yeah (laughs) just just finish it yeah that's a a go daily from oh you know this is great i'm really on to sound really good here and then the next day you pick it up and you're like what a lot of (laughs) crap you know that that greatness from yesterday is like just being fireballed into the bin I i think that's just part and parcel of what it's what it's like you know so yourself who you had people who you were connecting with. I think to reach that level, um, it, it almost affirms to yourself that, yeah, what you're sharing is touching people and it is important. But it does start with, obviously, you believing in your message for sure. Uh, I know that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing to remember. Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you so much for your time and expertise, Angela. Can you share with our listeners where they can discover your works and, you know, your services and everything you do on and offline? Absolutely. So they can find my, my books at, on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, on anywhere on the internet. <laughs> And on my website, andreaputting.com.au. But my publishing service, of course, is puttingwords.com. And they can go on there and they can do it. There's a link there to get a, a checklist of are you ready to publish? So they might like to jump on there and have a look and we can know whether you're ready to go and give you some ideas of what you need to do to get your book published yeah do you find uh i'll just add someone do you find that people sort of contact you before they've even written a book do you have yeah i do i do have a few people doing that and i have someone who's been communicating back and forwards i want to write a book can you i need to need to talk to you yeah so i have i have a few people like that and so they keep saying i'll come and publish with you so i go okay well i know that might be depending on the person it might be a year it might be two years let's yeah. well okay that's great um i'm happy i'm i'm happy to talk to people about their book their ideas and where they're going what they want to do with it even if it even if they don't come and publish with me eventually i'm happy to give them a little bit of a encouragement on the journey yeah, no, that's great. I asked because I had, oh, I think it was a, a financial advisor of mine or something and obviously putting in tax for the book business and, and they mentioned, oh yeah, you know, I'll write a book and then asked about publishing and I, I just said my advice was, yeah, uh, I'd write the book. <laughs> write the book first, then look at the publishing because yeah, people just jump the gun and if you've got nothing to publish, then you're not going to be able to publish. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's it. Oh, well, thanks again, Andrea. That was great. Thank you, Joe. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. So there you have it, folks. The amazing Andrea Putin, who is really striving to do amazing things within the community by providing her transformative power and guidance to authors. 
next time on the Hyperdata Podcast. We are at Christmas, so it will be a Merry Christmas mashup from the rest of the guests for the Hyperdata Podcast for 2023. Amazing, amazing times. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it for me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.